Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Kind of Funny Games. I'm so honored to bring to you one of my favorite game developers of all time. All time. From one of my very favorite series of all time. This is Koji Igarashi. Uh, you might know him from Castlevania, starting with really Symphony of the Night, um, working all the way through you know, Circle of the Moon and then all the GBA and DS ones. Um, and then started with Harmony on PS3 and Xbox 360, I guess, the multiplayer one, right? Um, and of course, here uh, is Ben Judd, who's his translator and agent, um, who's going to be translating, kind of throwing in his... Uh, his kind of information or, or opinions as well uh, in this interview. But I'm so, this is so surreal for me. Um, you know, Koji Garashi's in my house. You're, it's surreal because you're sitting next to a, a Japanese uh, vampire with a cowboy hat. Yes. That's what you meant by surreal. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Okay. A Fair legend enough. in my house. A, a legend, a living, <laughs> a living legend. Seriously, a living legend. So thank you so much for coming. あの、本当にイガラシさんみたいな、あの、素晴らしいクリエイター、本当にずっと悪魔女ドラキのゲームが大好きで大好きで仕方がないんですけれども、あの、こうやって一緒にポッドキャストにまああの、参加していただけるな
ていうと皆さんこう想像するのはやっぱりゴシックだろうと思うんで、まあ、そ,のそれに、えー、沿うような形でゴシックのタイプの、えー、とゲームになってます。まず区切りとしてはそれを強くさせてください。So yeah, you asked、um, several different questions.We're gonna take this、uh, part by part.Okay.First and foremost,、um, you know, he's here to launch his Kickstarter campaign.And、um, that、uh, title is tentatively called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night.So it's got a traditional Egovania subtitle that seems to be on all of them.And、um, it's going to be a 2D Side scrolling,、um, exploration、uh, sort of game. What he's known for. We're, we're dubbing this Egovania, these sort of titles as Egovania.、Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just what、uh, he thinks the fans are going to want.、Um, uh, first of all, Be Still My Beating Heart because it's just, <laughs> it's so nice to go back. It's been a while.、Um, five years. Five years? Five years.、Um, what made you want to go to Kickstarter as opposed to going in the more traditional publishing route? As we were talking about earlier, I've Been very skeptical. I, I actually really hated Kickstarter first and become more skeptical of it now,、um, but still cannot deny the fruits of Kickstarter. So, what made you want to go to Kickstarter as opposed to going to some big publishers? Because certainly you have pretty significant name recognition, especially in Japan. えー、と話すと長くなるんですけど 1, 1年前に、まあ、大体1年ちょっと前に僕はあのコナミっていう会社を辞めたんですねでその時は、えー、とまあお金が集まるだろうと思ったのと、まあ、ちょうどその時にちょうどそのキックスターターで稲船さんが大成功を収めた時ででまあなんとかなんだろうみたいな感じで辞めて辞めたんですけれども、えー、と結構そのおお大きなパブリッシャーさんはその話を聞いてその時はすごいいいよいいよみたいなことを言ってくれるんですけど最終的にはえとちょっとバジェットがとかいう話で結局決まんなかったですよねそれであのまあいろいろ探してるうちに1年経ってでまああのある程度お金を出してくれるところはありますとただそのお金を出してくれる条件としてまず市場のニーズがあることを証明しなければならないっていうのがあってそれでまずそれでキックスターターを始めようっていうきっかけがまずあってあと集まってるお金もまああの,あの最初当初考えてたよりもいろいろそのコスト計算をしていくと結構ギリギリの,あのえまあ予算しかなかったのでえともっとちょっとえー、とゲームを充実させるためにはやはりそのキックスターターでお金を集める必要があるなというふうに思って、えー、と今回始めることにしました。So first he wants to apologize because this answer is going to be pretty long.That's <clears throat> fine.But we're going to rewind time to about a year ago or a little bit over a year ago.He、um, went independent、um, from Konami.That would have been March,、uh, I think, 16th, 2014. And to your question, you know, he did take the traditional route、uh, of approaching publishers. And there were a few publishers that, that were like, oh, yes, you know, working with Ego would be great. Obviously, you've got a fan base, it's going to be cool.、Uh, and they showed interest in, in the beginning.、Um, but then when it came down to actually moving forward with the title,、um, they're like, oh, the budget is too much.、Um, or, oh, you know, this isn't really something that we feel that our core demographic is going to like. For a variety of different reasons, uh, one by one, uh, pretty much every publisher turned him down. 
Um, so, you know, he was obviously uh, a bit shocked when that happened. You know, he, he had just left his uh, company that he'd been at his whole career, uh, had a family to feed. Um, but still, we kept at it. And I'm translating right now because I've lived in Japan for a long time, but I'm also uh, Iga's agent. And we did, we, we did our due diligence pretty much everywhere that we could of trying to get this opportunity to fall, and it didn't. Um, and I was personally shocked because here was one of my childhood favorite creators who had made fantastic games. Um, the scores, the reviews spoke to that. They always made money too. Um, as a publisher, having a game that's highly, uh, highly reviewed and still makes money, it's what you want. <laughs> and so when none of them would uh, support him, I, was, I, I personally was very saddened too. Um, but we kept at it and we finally found some uh, side investment to make a large portion of the game. However, um, the reality is that investment said it came with it came with some attachments, which were um, Ega need to prove that this was a concept that still was valid in the market, that there was still a demographic of fans that were going to support this sort of a game, that it wasn't outdated, um, that it wasn't in a subgenre now that people didn't want. So. Uh, one of our solution sets was Kickstarter. Because what Kickstarter does, um, it's not just about raising money, it's also about raising awareness. And to put this out there and see whether there really is interest or not. You know, if we put this out there and nobody funds it, then guess what? The publishers were right and Ega was wrong and I was wrong. But if it gets funded, then it presents another question of, hey, the publishers didn't really understand what their audience wanted. Uh, and Ega knew what its fans wanted. And, and I, as a fan as well, right. <laughs> understood this too. So there's a part of me that wants that to happen. But uh, that's one of the key reasons we wanted to go the Kickstarter route is for necessity. Because if we raise uh, the core goal, uh, and I'll let him answer what that is, uh, then the title gets fully greenlit. Um, the other reason is ultimately there's we're, we're running the numbers in how to make these sort of games. And traditionally, the games that Ega's made in the past have reused sprites and assets um, to make the game cost less to create. This would be a brand new game. So everything is new. Everything is from built from the ground up, which means it's going to be more expensive than the games he's made before in the past. Um, and so when planning this out, the amount of budget that he initially had in mind was enough to build the base game. But of course, you know, he's independent now, and this is potentially his first crack at doing something for himself, doing the game that he really wants to do. And so what that means is he's going to need additional uh, funding, which are going to be in the form of stretch goals, to be able to create more robust content, um, a much deeper experience, new modes, etc. So that's just the reality of, hey, we've done the due diligence, we've gone out and found a large chunk of the money so that people can feel rest assured that this game will come out but to make it a badass egomania game it's going to require more user and fan support i wanted to talk before we move on i want to touch on something you said that surprises me that some of the publishers had said to, to you guys um which is that is this idea outdated is this is this something people want and i wonder if this really shocked you because I see Axiom Verge, and I see Ori in the Blind Forest, and I see Shadow Complex, and I see all these people copying exactly what you did 
and and your team obviously did with Symphony of the Night and then Circle of the Moon and all these other games, which were of course iterations of Super Metroid and and, and things that came before it, obviously. Uh, but I think Symphony of the Night is the the mastery of it. Was that surprising? And do you think that sounds somewhat ignorant uh, for a publisher to say that? And I'm curious what what Iga thinks of that. まあ、あのまたね、パブリッシャー様からそのサポートしない理由というのはいろいろあったんですけれども、果たしてこういうようなタイトルは売れるかどうかっていうようなね、あの経年点はあったんですね。で、あのそれを聞いたとき、びっくりしましたかつまり、今、アクシアン・バージとか、オリアン・ザ・ブラインド・フォーレスとか、シャドウ・コンプレックス、まあ、えっと、そのツイッチのストリームで、えー、見せる。ゲームですけれども、すべて言ってみりゃ、あのー、まあ、イエス様が作ったゲームのパチモンですよ。あの、まあ、パチモンというか、それをベースに、あの、作ってるわけですよ。まあ、インスピレーション的に。なのに、まあ、結構売れてて、あの、全然うまくいってるのに、パブリッシャー様から。まあ、こういうようなニーズはないんじゃないかっていう、こう、こと言われたら、納得いきましたか。えっとですね、まあ、えー、これ難しい話なんですけど。実際にその、えー、市場に出ている時にその僕が作ったゲームっていうのもそのファンにはすごく受けがいいんですけれどもじゃあ AAA タイトルなのかって言われると、まあ、そういう扱いではなかったわけなんであのやっぱりその大きなパブリッシャーってそういう大きなタイトルを求めてる傾向がやっぱりあるのかなと思っていてで、えー、と僕が作ってるゲームってその、まあ、ずっとシリーズを通してたんであのまあ、そこそこのバジェットで作れてたんですけれども今回ちょっと初めから全部作り直すっていうのがあったのでやっぱりちょっとバジェット的にも大きくなってたんですよねだからそこら辺にちょっと懸念点があったんじゃないかなっていうのも自分ではちょっとまあ前その大きなパブリッシャーにいたのであのそういうのもちょっと感じ取れたのでそんなにあの何ですかねあのもちろんその悔しい気持ちとかユーザーの声とか聞いてたんで悔しい気持ちはすごいあったんですけどただ反面ちょっと分かるところもあるなとか思ってしまった自分がいました。<笑> so yeah,、um, it's, it's kind of a difficult discussion to have, but what it probably comes down to is sometimes publishers they're looking for the big sexy, they're looking for the AAA title, they're looking for the big budget thing.、Uh, and I personally have been in situations where a publisher has said, hey, If we are going to greenlight this game, it means taking away more money from our big titles, which have a you know,、um, return on investment that's you know, 1000% or something.、Right. So, why would we go with these little guys? right? So, that's a, a publisher is a, a business and you know, they're there to make lots of money. And so, he feels that they're tending to look towards the big stuff and they would see this as small.、Um, and then, on the other side of the, the story, is that This would be a game that he would have to create everything from the ground up, and there's no assets that he could reuse or any ways to cut corners、uh, to make it cheaper.、Um, and so he's like, you know, when presenting the game and the budget to publishers,、um, much as he didn't want to、um, understand things from their side of the fence, he's like, I had to realize that, you know, this was not going to be the cheapest game in the world for them to make. It did、uh, bear. A certain amount of financial risk. So, as much as I didn't like it, I still kind of understood from their perspective why、uh, it carried a certain amount of risk with it.、Um, so, let's get more into the nitty gritty of the nature of, of the game, what you're looking for, and, and some of the stretch goals and stuff. So, obviously, you're kickstarting it. There's obviously going to be a minimum amount that you're going to be looking for. I'm curious what that is. And then I'm curious, you know, what some of the stretch goals might be. 
um, to get further and, and higher and higher because obviously we saw with Mighty Number no. Nine in, in Ofune, um, they reached their goal pretty quickly, and then the game really transformed into something bigger and better because they re- really received a lot of money. So I wonder if you also have some sort of plan if it really if this really goes crazy, which. You know, I know you guys are probably nervous, but my suspicion is that you're going to be just fine with this Kickstarter. But um, so, if you can give me some information on that. まあ、キックスターターのそのストレッチゴールとかあの最初のゴールとかそこら辺の話ですね。でちょっとベンの方から、えー、一つお願いですけれども、あのー、最初のゴールは言ってもいいし、あのー、また一つちょっと面白い、えー、ゴールは言ってもいいんですけれども、基本的にほらあの隠すわけじゃないですかキャンペーン上<笑>なんであまりその1億円、えー以上のゴールをあ,のあまり口出しはできないんですね。<笑>なんで、どっちかというと武器が増えるとか、コンテンツが増えるとか、そういうところは言ってもいいと思いますが。<笑>はい。はい。えっと、まず、そのミニマムゴールが、えっと、50万ドルですね。50万ドルになるんですけど、その50万ドルを達成をしないと、まず、その市場に。ニーズがあると認められないのであのまずそれは達成しなければならないゴールなんですけれども、まあ、あのストレッチゴールいろいろあるんですけども、まあ、基本的にはあの、まあ、ボリュームアップですね武器が増えたり、えー、ボスが増えたり敵が増えたりとかあったりあとあれですねあの、まあ、僕が作ってるゲームだと必ず入るんですけれどもあの、えー、とエクストラプレイヤーってやつですかねそのぐらいは、えー、と,とりあえず今考えててまだいろいろあるんですけれども、えー、と今はここまでです。Yeah, so the, the initial goal, the bare minimum goal、uh, right now is $500,000. And if we don't reach that line, it pretty much means,、uh, as I stated before, that there really isn't a user demographic that wants this sort of game.、Um, so, yeah, he's very nervous about hitting that line because. In Kickstarter these days, there's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of people that see it in a very different light than 2012, 2013.、Um, there's been a lot of negative stories about it, a lot of games that never came out, right? So it's fair enough,、uh, buyer beware. But because of that, you know, a number like 500,000 from him, where I think that would have been three years ago, easier to hit, now there is some concern.、Um, but that is the, the bottom line goal that we need to be able to hit with this campaign. From there, one of the strategies that he's adapting is that when you think of Symphony of the Night, it had tons and tons of weapons. It had special moves. It just, it just had so much content, certainly for a game of its time. And the goal is to try and replicate that with this Kickstarter campaign so that rather than having 100,000 higher goals or 200,000 higher goals, it'll be like in increments of 25,000 or 50,000, and that will be then we'll add in weapons and more bosses and more enemies. And so the idea is to just flesh out more and more and more and more content and make this just a very robust game. Also,、uh, he mentions that, you know, the The games that he's worked on before, the Egavania games he's worked on before, usually had a second character player that you were able to unlock or play as later. And a lot of times it was a really badass player in the case of Richter.、Um, so, in this instance,、um, that would be another one of the earlier goals that people would be able to land and be able to play as、uh, one of the、uh, other characters that you're going to see that we pitch、uh, during the Kickstarter campaign. And, I can say this, it's a very badass character, and I really hope that we at least get to that level.、Um, beyond that, there are goals that are higher than the 1 million mark, and some of them are very interesting. Some of them are goals that I think that
um, people are going to definitely want. And I think there's going to be some that people are going to complain that aren't in there until those goals get revealed. But as with any Kickstarter campaign, the important thing is that we need to uh, keep some of those hidden um, and slowly they'll be opened up over time and then people will get to see what they are. Um, I'm just reminded, and again, this is another deviation from the main course of questions I want to ask, but I'm curious about sure. it. As you launch this Kickstarter and as things have kind of tapered down on Kickstarter a little bit, you, you know, we see big success stories like, you know, Inafune, for instance. But yeah, things go come and go on Kickstarter often. Were you delightfully surprised and have you been paying attention to what's going on with Ukulele and the X-Rare guys and how much money they raise? They raise an incredible amount of money um, in a very short amount of time, like I think maybe a couple million dollars already or something like that for another genre that may be considered dead, which is the 3D platformer. Um, have you been paying attention to that? And does that kind of give you heart that there is a market and if you give someone, you know, a specific group of people what they're asking for, that they'll give you way more than you might even imagine? ま、あの、全然ニーズないっていうふうには見られがちですけれども、こんだけやっぱり爆発的に売れてるっていうのは、要はちっちゃいそのユーザー層かまからないんですけれども、そのユーザー層はとても情熱的なので、とても えっと、yeah, so um, personally, he feels that there is, there are still a lot of core gamers, uh, and you don't need a lot of core gamers uh, to be able to have a successful title. Um, right now, the market is so it's fragmented to the point where a lot of people are seeing money coming in from the mobile space, certainly in Japan, which involve a lot of casual gamers or people that really you wouldn't even call gamers. Uh, and so um, lots of major publishers, maybe like even the one that he used to work at, uh, are focusing, um, you know, their sites in that direction. Um, and, you know, that's fine. It's fine that there's a wide variety of different people playing games out there. That's probably better. But he's like, I still believe that there are core, hardcore gamers that want a certain kind of experience. And if you give it to them, uh, then you'll be able to make money on a project. Uh, and he's like, that's that's what I'm betting on. And honestly, that's what I bet my life on. That's one of the reasons why I left uh, my previous employer was because I still believed in that fan base. They were the ones that were invigorating me. They still wanted this sort of a game. And in my current situation, I wasn't able to provide it to them. Um. I want to kind of get into the game itself now because I know a lot of people out there are probably fr like my mind's in a million different places. I want to, I could do this all day, so I'm asking a bunch of different questions. But let's talk about the game itself. What is the nature of the game? I know that it's going to be an Egovania. It's going to be very inspired by you know the Symphony of the Night and all these games that we love so much. But what is the base nature of the game? What's the story? Who are the characters? And and like what's what's special about it? Um, that's going to make it. That's going to differentiate it from that 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 lineage. And maybe you don't want to differentiate yourself too much from it. 
今までいろんな話はブルタリアはしてるんですけれども、まあ、でまたその,あのコアな話に戻してですねこのブラッド・ステインズリチュール・ザ・ナイトの,その、まあ、設定とかキャラとかまたストーリーについてあの大サブでいいんですけれども語っていただきたいんですけれどもはいえっ、ー、と,、えー、と今回のお話はですねあの18世紀の、えー、とイギリスが舞台になるんですけれどもえー、とその時まあ産業革命があってその産業革命でどんどんその、えー、科学工業化がどんどん進んでいってその人の心っていうのがその精神的なものからどんどん、えー、と物質的なものにあのどんどん移り変わりがされていった時代ですでその時にまああ,のある錬金術の団体がいるんですけどその錬金術の団体は、えー、とまあその科学とその精神的なものの融合をしてまあそれでまあ何ですかねその権力をある程度持っていたんですけれどもどんどんどんどんその精神的なものが失われていってその物質的な逆に言えば工業的なものにどんどんお金を投資するようにまあなっていくとそうするとその,その団体自体のまあ何ですかね権威というかそういうのがどんどん失われつつありましたとでそ,れをそれを危惧したその団体はそのまあ、権力者に対して、まあ、そういうその精神を失っていくことはその悪魔を呼び寄せるぞというようなことをずっと言ってたんですけれどもそれでもまあその、えーまあ、精神的なものの方にお金の投資は回されなかったとそれで実際に悪魔を呼び出しちゃうんですねでその悪魔を呼び出すのに使われたのがその,、えーとちそのまあ、孤児というかあのあのまあ、子どもたちをまあさらってきたり、まあ、いろんなところから集めてきた子どもたちに、えー、とある結晶を、えー、と体に埋め込むんですねでその結晶というのは何かというとその悪魔の力と,、えー、とリンクさせるための結晶なんですけれどもその埋められた子どもたちを、えー、と使ってその悪魔たちを召喚しようとするとでその中の一人が今回の主人公の、えー、ミリアムというキャラクターです。<laughs> so,、um, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but、um, Iga,、uh, he is a scenario writer as well as a programmer、uh, and, of course, a producer. So, a lot of times he likes to look at a game、uh, from the story side of things. So, we'll start off answering your question with the scenario, with the story of the game,、uh, which takes place in the 18th century.、Uh, it's around the time of the Industrial Revolution,、uh, it takes place in England. Um, it was a very interesting time、uh, back then because there were major advancements in science, but there was still a wide、uh, amount of the populace that believed in faith. And so there was this new way of thinking that things could be proven. You know, where are we coming from? Where do we go? Etc.、Um, whereas there was still the old, no, it's, it's the gods that are doing this, etc. etc. So he wanted to base、uh, the game. In this world. And in the, his game world, there are、um, guilds, there are alchemist guilds. And alchemy is one of the, the key beliefs that people、uh, in this world believe in.、Um, and the alchemists at this time have a lot of power and wealth、uh, because of their status、um, as healers, because of their status as the people that you can go to if you have faith that will help you solve a problem, etc., etc.、Um, but again, As science continues to have big advancements and strides,、uh, the alchemists begin to fear that they'll lose their power, their influence, etc. 
So they begin to tell the public, if you believe too much in science and lose your faith, then demons will appear around the world. And they did this as a calculated uh, strategic threat to try and, again, hold on to their power and their, their um, wealth. Um, however, it just becomes an empty threat if nothing really happens. Uh, in order for people to have faith, you need to show some sort of an end result a lot of times. And they soon realized that threats alone weren't going to keep their believers believing in them over the new sciences. Um, so they entered into a dark ritual um, which involved basically taking orphans uh, or kids, uh, children, young children on the fray, um, and implanting, grafting these magical crystals, magic crystals into their skin. These magic crystals uh, basically turn these children into beacons that summon the demons toward them. Um, so it was a very nefarious sort of ritual, but it, it was, again, something that they needed to do to try and actually get demons to come to the planet and say, ha-ha, see, you didn't believe in the alchemists. We warned you the demons were going to come, and they did. And the main character uh, of the game is one of these uh, children who, at a young age, had these magical crystals infused into her body. Hi. Hi. The, uh, また登場人物としてはもう一人あのジーベルという同じ境遇にあったあのまあ少年というかもう大人になってるんですけどまあいましてでその悪魔を呼び出すえ儀式の時に実はミリアムはえまあその体に埋め込まれたその儀式の儀式というか秘術の副作用なのか何なのかはまだ明かされていないんですがまだ考えてる途中なんですけど<笑>あの<笑>。えー、と謎の,その眠りに入ります謎の眠りに入ってしまったおかげで、えー、と彼女は儀式にあの連れて行かれなかったんですね。でその他の子どもたちは全員儀式に連れて行かれて実際にその悪魔が呼び出されたと同時にその人たちは生贄にされたのでもう全部死んでしまうと。その中で一人だけ生き残った男がいてそれがジーベルというキャラクターでで彼らは彼はそのまあ自分たちがそういうふうに騙されたことを知ってでその復讐のためにその錬金術のギルドを滅ぼして、えーとまあ、そこからいなくなるとでそれから10年の時が流れて、えーとまあえー、とそのギルドの跡地になんか悪魔の城が復活するっていうような感じの話です。So the main character、uh, that he was describing、uh, is named Miriam. Um, and as these magic crystals were grafted into her,、um, whether it's a side effect or not, it's really unknown. And he actually says, Actually, I'm still thinking about it. But、um, the point is this she goes into a, a dark、uh, slumber, almost like, like、um, a trance.、Um, and this happens for years. All the other children who have completed the process and who had come out of this trance、um, were taken.、Uh, To this、uh, ritual, and then that summoned the demons. And they were in turn basically sacrificial lambs,、um, and the demons killed them first. However, out of all these children that had these magic crystals grafted in them, there was one child that survived、um, a male child named、uh, Jibel. And Jibel, knowing that 
they have been basically used as fodder to bring the demons to the earth, uh, swore revenge against the alchemist guild that did this, because um, they were all, they may have been all orphans, but they were all in the same location, and so these were his friends as much as anything else that all got slaughtered, um, just for the sake of maintaining the power and wealth of these uh, greedy alchemists. So he uh, swears revenge on them, and later gets it totally wipes out all the alchemists but one um, and then 10 years later Miriam awakens from her slumber uh, and at the same time a demonic castle rises up from the ashes uh, of where the alchemist guild had been destroyed previously by Jebel and that kicks off the start of the game also I was going to say until the very end that the story sounds quite distinct um, from what was going on in some of the Castlevania games, or at least in traditional Castlevania War. Some of the later G DS and GBA games got, obviously, like way more complicated. But it sounds like, is it fair to say that this sounds like um, both a deviation from the Belmonts and the Alucards and the Draculas and the Deaths, but but also with the castle being part of part of this, something that is also very familiar to, to people that are going to want to play this game? えっと、
basically it's going to be a powered up version of that system that's going to be one of the key uh, game systems that we put into this um I'm curious in terms, I mean, I asked it before, but obviously I'm asking a bunch of questions at once, so we'll focus on just this one question, I guess, now, or this one theme, which is, what does the game play like? I mean, we've got, we kind of have an idea now with these special powers and and all these, you know, these different kinds of, well, a new kind of protagonist we have, Um, but how does the game play? What can people expect? Um, Sword or whip uh, (laughs) dot com indicates that maybe there's multiple weapons maybe you know uh choices to be made in how you play your character um i don't know if that's true or not but this is what i've been reading into it anyway um is it is there multiplayer um kind of just like the back of the box kind of check you know check marks that you're gonna make like how long is it like is there replay value i'm, I'm curious about all of these questions because i felt one of the great things about these old the older gba ds and obviously symphony of the night is that you can really go these games are meaty they're long there's tons of secrets collectibles and replay value, and I'm wondering if we can expect all of that in this game as well. ま、一応ゲームの要素、ま、これはえっと、バックオブザボックスですね。えっと、箱の裏に書いてあるこういう、え、面白いところの要素。あの、それについて教えてほしいんですよ。つまり、本当にやり込み要素があるのか、えっと
Uh, on top of that, there'll be little sub-parameters or sub-materials that you can craft with that ability to give it like a plus one or a plus two to strength, to speed, whatever. Sometimes take that ability to the second level, uh, depending on what is dropped. Separ separately from that, you'll be able to take these materials and craft them into weapons as well. So it'll be a wide variety of weapons. Basically, he wants the player to constantly be wanting to uh, get a wide variety of different loot and then later customize it to affect the sort of gameplay that they want. If they want to have faster uh, special abilities or if they want to have stronger special abilities, more protective special abilities, all that stuff is going to be customizable. But what it basically means is rather than just getting a single uh, weapon drop, you'll be able to build out a variety of different weapons through the different materials that you collect, which should mean that the game is even longer and even more robust than any other previous um, Egovania game in the past. Awesome. And is it is it going to be multiplayer? Is there going to be some sort of multiplayer component to, uh, or is basically just single player by yourself or both? Multiplayer はい。えっと、やりたいなとは思っているんですけれども、えっと、ああ、そうですね。あのやりたいなというところで、ごめんなさい。今はそれしか言えないです。はい。いや、um、he he did say that 90% of the people when he had made previous Egovania games just wanted a robust single-player experience. And lots of people come and say, oh, I want multiplayer, I want multiplayer. But in general, uh, whenever he would include an element like that or whenever he tried to make that uh, that sort of a game, um, most of the people said, oh, I want, you know, a robust solar, I want a robust, sorry, solo uh, play experience more than I want multiplayer. Uh, and I think he's probably correct in assuming that people that are going to want to play an Egovania game they want 90% or 80% at least of the focus to be on single player and they want multiplayer to be like a secondary mode right. you would not want to sacrifice a robust single player experience just to have uh, a meaty multiplayer you'd want that to be like the additional mode on top of the base gameplay so I think his read on that is right and currently the main goal certainly the $500,000 goal is based around a single player experience. Yeah, I mean I I will say that your your instincts are probably right because I think that a lot. I mean, I liked that, that I think it was Harmony of Despair, was That's that the, right. the one on PS3 and Xbox 360? I liked that game. I thought it was interesting, but it was disappointing that you got these environments and this gameplay but you had a you didn't get the game you were looking for almost. So it's and that was the last time we had seen his hands on a uh, you know, or your hands on a on a um あの、ね、ちょっと弁がユタのまあ、法則ですけれども、皆様がやっぱりあの、モルチプレイーよりはシングルプレイーはみんなあの、だいたいそういうようなゲームは欲しいと。で、モルチプレイーをどっちかってい
Are you have your eye on PS4 and Xbox One and PC, you, you, 3DS and Wii U and Vita? I mean, and I, I assume this might have something to do with stretch goals as well with Kickstarter. But I'm curious what your target uh, consoles or platforms are. あの、まずキックスターターをやるということで、まずPCは、えっと、必須かなと思ってます。で、あの、えっと、元々その僕はその辞めた理由として前の会社を辞めた理由として、そのコントローラーを使うゲーム、ゲーム機でゲームを作り
えー、と肉体であったり精神であったりっていうのをどんどん蝕まれていくようなイメージがあったのでちょっと今回のストーリーのテーマにちょっとかなりぴったり合っていたのでそれで今回そのタイトルでいくことにしました。そうや、we're thinking、um, that this may be the final title and there is a very good reason why、um, this is something that really fits and we went through a wide variety of titles、um, some may have sounded better at first glance Uh, or rather, at first hearing them,、um, but then a lot of times a good title's already been taken. And so when you do the legal search, it's like, oh, there's already a rock band, or there's a board game, or something、uh, that had a very similar title. So it closes a lot of doors on what you think is cool.、Um, but the basic reason why we like this title、uh, is that blood, the word itself, already has gothic undertones.、Mm. And this will be a very gothic、uh, visual art style that we choose to use. Much like every Egovania game does. He loves gothic things, as he said. As he looks like it, the gothic cowboy. There you go. <laughs> Ega, the gothic cowboy. No.、Um, but in addition to that, not just blood,、um, the word stained ties into what is actually one of the base game concepts that he hasn't discussed here yet, which is stained glass.、Um, the actual magic crystals that are forged in your body. Have a way of, <coughs> excuse me, collecting with other very similar colored crystals. They gravitate towards each other and ultimately start to look like stained glass, the actual growths on, on the、uh, host's body, so to speak.、Uh, and that also, again, ties into the visual design. So you have blood and then you have stained glass. And then when we describe to him that the word blood stain exists, it made a lot of sense because. This curse, these magic crystals, they actually grow. They start to expand. You get more and more and more.、Uh, and it starts to eventually cover the host's body. And the, nobody knows for sure what the ultimate end result is probably that you lose your soul. You get encompassed by this, this curse to the point where you become a demon. So、uh, the idea that these crystals expand and spread almost like a stain would. And cover you and dirty you、uh, and kind of take away your humanity, your soul with it,、uh, and then tying that into the theme of blood, and blood basically is, is also a symbol of your soul. Blood stain really did make a lot of sense as far as what we are going with、uh, for the main title. Okay, fantastic. I'm surprised I didn't ask this particular question earlier, but it, it just popped in my mind, and, I, and I'm, I'm a little embarrassed about it, which is who's making this game? I mean, are you, are you assembling a team? Are you contracting an existing developer? Is it going to be some combination of the two? Obviously, you're going to be directing or producing or really have your hands all over it. But、um, it reminds me of Inafune with Mighty Number、no. Nine using basically any creates、um, to make the game. Is that something similar that you're going to do with a studio in Japan? Or are you kind of making an Avengers like team of your favorite,、uh, of your favorite colleagues to make the game with you? この、まあ、ちょっとこの質問やっと気づいたのはやっと思い出したのはちょっとあれですけれどもこのゲームを作るのはどこですかつまり自分の,その信頼できるパートナーを集めて作るのかそれともすでにある開発会社に任せとくのか、えー、アベンジャーズのように本当に優秀なスタッフをあちこちから集めてやるのか、えー、どんな感じで作りますとえーっとですね、今回は制作の母体は、えー、と母体というか制作自体はインティークリエイツさんにお願いしようと思ってます。で、まあ、それはなぜかというと、まあ、あの優秀なエージェントがおりまして、その優秀なエージェントにご紹介いただいたというのもあるんですけれども、まあ、も,もともとその
えー、とインティさんがその 2D 型のゲームを非常に得意としているのも僕も知っていてそれで紹介をされましてで今いろんなこう企画の話をしていく中でデザインも今回そ,そこから上,がってき上げてもらってるんですけれども、えー、と喋っていてというかそのいいんですねその何て言うんですかねその自分が考えてるアイディアをそのインティさんにお願いするとさらにもっと良くなって帰ってくる。でもう新,た新,新しいアイデアが入って帰ってくるっていうその、えー、と循環が非常にあのよくって、まあ、これだったらもうすごいいいゲームができるだろうなと思ってもう今すごく信頼してます。あと,、えー、と音楽の方は、えーとまあ、昔から長い付き合いなんですけども山根みちるさんを使って、まあ、ちょっと荘厳な感じの曲をちょっと入れていこうかなというふうに考えてます。So Um, when it came time to put together this game,、um, it's not very realistic to sit there and think you can cherry pick everyone to、yeah. create a whole staff because it's going to be a staff of like 20 to 30 people that's going to make the game. So that meant that were only a few options left to him.、Um, and the most likely one would be working with an outsourced company with another independent developer.、Uh, and he said,、um, I promise I'm not paying him any money to say this, but he said I had a really good agent that came up with some good ideas of who I could work with.、Uh, and I did bring him the idea of、uh, Inti Creates as one of the possibilities.、Uh, and that was because I had met with them. And it just, you know, I used to be a producer and putting the different parts together was one of the things I used to do. And it was like, oh, Inti Creates is really good at 2D.、Um, they're really passionate.、Um, they have a large enough size of a team to be able to potentially work with them. So I, Passed the idea around to the president,、uh, Takuya Aiza. And he said, You know what, Ben? Actually, we've been in business for you know, over 15 years. I think, matter of fact, they just had their 19th year anniversary a couple days ago.、Uh, and they said, There are three games that we have wanted to always work on. One is a Mega Man game. We've checked that box. The second is actually an Egovania game. And I was like, Really? Like, yes, really. So I'm like, Perfect. Anytime two different groups can be on the same page like that and have the same passion towards making something, that's when the magic usually happens. It's when you get the wrong team or there's this disconnect that occurs. That's when you can't find the magic. And you need to be able to do that in making games.、Uh, and the third game they said was a Zelda game. I wouldn't hold their breath on making a Zelda game. That's a big challenge. But still, for them to be able to get a chance to make their second game that they wanted to make was awesome. So he met with them、uh, and he said that, you know, I would throw an idea at them and say, Hey, what do you think about this is a concept? And they'd get back to me a few days later, having fleshed out that concept and added two or three extra things to it that made it even better. So I could tell we had this really great、um, creative flow going between myself and them. And it did feel like there was a spark. It felt like that, that was the magic. So as soon as I felt that,、um, it felt like these, these were definitely the right guys、um, that were going to help me build out this game. Uh, of course, that's just a piece of the production. You need to also have、um, the people that understood the core game itself. And of course, as you know, and probably many of the fans do, one of the biggest and brightest parts of Symphony of the Night is the music. So, Michiru Yamane is going to be joining us in composing all the music, and it's going to be epic and robust.、Um, and you'll be able to hear one of her samples、uh, on the Kickstarter page itself, which is great. But she's fully signed in. And actually, there may be one or two other people that we later announce.、Um, but we'll see. Still, 
It's got the right amount of veterans that know what an Egovania game is and how to make it, along with a very passionate team in the background that I'm sure is going to blow people away. Um, knowing that Inti is doing this game, I have to ask, um, you know, obviously they did Mega Man 9 and 10, which were awesome, and they were very traditional, um, like literal games for Capcom. Um, but with Mighty Number no. 9, they've made the Mega Man style into 2.5D, basically. Um, is this game um, going to be 2D or 2.5D? Inti is like 6, 9, and 10. This is really 2D. え、ですけれども、マイティナマ人員の確保的な問題もいろいろあるんですけれどもあのま so this game uh, is going to be uh, 2.5D, and we know that there are going to be a lot of fans that are looking for a 2D game. We understand that. Um, the reality is this. We would not be able to find enough pixel artists uh, in any single just available independent developer in Japan for the right budget to be able to create a game this size. Um, obviously. Inti has done 2D games before in the past, uh, which is great, but they haven't been an Egovania type game. An Egovania type game uses a multitude of backgrounds, mm. enemies, items. It's just the scale is so much larger than just a traditional platformer that it's not realistic to try and build out uh, 2D. Um, that being said, we realize that people want that. And so even using 2.5D, the idea is we are going to start, even from day one, to try and find a way to build in shaders um, that are going to give it that more classic feel. Um, if you know that's what you're going for from day one, then you have a lot more time to plan around it. Um, shaders and things like that need to be developed from, from an early point in the game. They're not something you can just slap on. People think that you can. You can just mm -hmm. flip a switch like you can in an emulator and right. all of a sudden it'll look different. It's not like that. It needs to be planned from the beginning and it needs to set the to the whole tone of how the game is going to look, etc. Um, the other thing is that there's a, an advantage that comes to 2.5D, which is you can interact with the backgrounds in a different way. That doesn't mean you're going to rotate it or whatever, but there are certain visual tricks and certain visual design that you can only do through 3D, um, 2.5D rather in this case. So um, I think that what people are looking for, uh, he says, is they want that 2D feeling. They want that 2D gameplay. And that this game will definitely have that in spades. Awesome. Um, I guess the final question I want to ask before we move into, you know, hopefully some other things. I, I want to talk about a little bit about Konami and, and Castlevania and just generally what's going on with all of that. But when 
can we expect this game? I assume that it has something to do with how much money the Kickstarter makes and the stretch goals and all these things. But when do you anticipate that you might get this game to market? はい。えっと、もちろんそのおっしゃる通りストレッチゴールで変わるんですけれども、大体そうですね。あの今までその作ってきたのが大体1年と あの、過去のゲームって作ってたんですけど、今回そのま、えっと、全部もう一度作り直しっていうところから考えると、もうちょっとかかるかなと。なので、大体2年はかからないけれども、1年半はちょっと超えるかもっていうようなところを今目指し
あの遊びたかったゲームを作っていたっていうのだけだったのであのそういう意味ではその,その時は全く考えてなかったですけどでもやっぱりその辛い辛いゲーム開発をやってるとまあ確かに辛くはなくはなかったんですけどもその辛い部分がちょっとゲームに出てきちゃうんですけどもあのゲームの時にはやっぱりその結構楽しんで作ってた部分がもうあってその部分がうまい形で出たのかなっていうふうにはなんか今考えると思いますいや、yeah, honestly I didn't know it would be the sort of big thing that it became、um, we were just making a game that we, we all selfishly thought would be fun、um, but you know when you think about it in hindsight、uh, as he mentioned before It's, it's the flow, it's the creative flow, whether it fits or doesn't fit. And they had a certain creative flow on that team.、Um, you know, he's not going to say it wasn't hard at certain times because there are crunch times and there are doubts. And、um, some of the different features and elements don't really click and work as well as they should. And that, that was probably a result of、uh, the creative flow not being、um, synced up the right way. But in general, in general, we can say about that production that. Everybody attached had a good time making it. So for us, it was just, I think we had found that special magic on that title, particularly within the team. People were having a good time making it, and that naturally shows in the end result.、Um, when the game, or when that, when that Egovania style game left, it obviously Symphony of the Night was kind of a self contained thing, but when it went to GBA with Circle of the Moon, when GBA launched in 2001, I think it was.、Um, What was the plan for the, for the series moving forward? Because it became, as we mentioned earlier, some, somewhat of an annualized thing.、Um, did Konami at that time know early on, like right after Symphony of the Night, that they were going to make another one and move maybe to a portable? And、um, what was it like kind of iterating on that over and over again? Did you get tired of it?、Um, or is that kind of the space that you want to be in? Obviously, you want to be in that space now. But back in the day when you were in the grind for seven, eight years, nine years, was it tiring to make this game kind of over and over again? あのですね、次、その、まあ、イガベニア的な、えー、ゲームで言うと、サークルオブズムーンだと思いますけれども、その、シンプルナイトの後、うん。シンプルナイトが出た後、まあ、これがすごいうまくいってるから、絶対続編作らないといけないっていう話は、その時点ではもう出てましたかが一点と、えー、また、その後ですね、ほぼ、まあ、1年半ぐらいで続編作るような流れに、サイクルになったと思うんですけれども、うん、その、作ってる間で、まあ、これはすごい楽しいってずっと続編作,作っていきたいという気持ちがあったのかそれともクリエイターとしてマンネリ感が入ったのか、まあ、今は作りたいのは分かりますけれども5年ぐらいのギャップがあるんですけれども当時のずっと、まあ、毎年毎年作ってるような感じそれでも楽しかったですか、うんうん、えっとまずちょっとあの語弊があるので一つ正しておくと「サークル・オブ・ザ・ムーンは」は、えっと、確かにアメリカで出した時には僕はプロデューサーになってるんですけれどもあれはですね、あのー、我々が作ったタイトルではないんですよ。まずあのそこは語弊があるので、あの正しとくとまあ、それです。で、えっ、ー、と元々えっ、ー、とシンフォニーオブザナイトを作った後にえっ、ー、とあれであの実は僕らは燃え尽きて燃え尽きてあの一回あのなんですかねあのキャッスルバニア自体をえっ、ー、ともう我々は、まあ、やらないっていうのはちょっとおかしいんですけど、まあ、しばらく離れようっていう話になってで、えー、とキャッスルバニア自体が今度、えー、と
あの時分社化してたので他の会社で作られることになったんですねで、えー、とその間いろいろ出ててその中の一つがサークル・オブ・ザ・ムーンだったんですただその離れてる間に僕はその、えー、とキャスルバニアシリーズすごくやりたくってその時のその分社化した社長にやらせてくださいよっていうのをずっと言い続けてた結果そのサークル・オブ・ザ・ムーンのその北米版をやる時にプロデューサーとして戻ることができたんですねでそこからえー、とそれをやるってなるとですね今度、えー、とその時の,その、えー、と US の US の社長だったかなからあの僕の前上司だったんですけどその人からもうあのキャッスルバニアは1年に1本出してくださいっていう言われてはいって言ってあとはもうその喜ばれているところをえっ、ー、とユーザーさんの喜,ば喜んでいる部分をなんとか汲み取って次の,あの僕たちの面白いにつなげていくっていう循環を作っていたのでそれを作ってる時はすごく面白かったですね面白かったですけどマンネリ化と言われるとまあその作っている形は大体似てくるのでその部分はあるんですけどただあのその新しいアイデアを必ず入れてその作っているのは非常に楽しかった記憶があります。So, first and foremost,、um, he's not the sort of guy that likes to take credit for something he hasn't done.、Uh, and he's like, there's a lot of people that mistakenly、uh, associate him with Circle of the Moon.、Um, and that's probably because he is listed as the producer on the US version. But he's like, I was not actually a part of that, the production、oh, side of that.、Um, after we did Symphony of the Night, we had kind of put like everything into it that we possibly could have thought. Uh, to the point where when it was done, we were just like, let's just take some space from this title. Let's move away from it. Let's, let's all go our separate ways for a while and just sort of recharge our battery. Because to build a game like that, it's not easy. It, you really are running on your maximum creativity that you possibly can and throwing in everything you can.、Uh, and after that, the company ended up sectioning that brand off. And passing around to different outsourced companies to make and different people to make. And so it was made through a different company. However, even when I separated, I couldn't stop thinking about working on Castlevania games because I still love that、uh, series and that type.、Um, and so when the US version was going to be released, I kept begging the president to allow me to do another Castlevania game over and over and over and over and over again to the point where he finally said, okay, fine. You're the producer of this title for the US、uh, version, so make it sell. And I did, and I talked with the president of the, the US side of Konami at the time, who used to be my boss、uh, in Japan. And he said, Okay, so here's what I need you to do I need you to make a Castlevania game every year. And I said, Oh, okay, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> and so that kind of started getting the ball rolling. But what it meant is I needed to、um, get what basically was a three year production cycle into. As close to a year production cycle as possible. And that required finding the most smooth and fluid setup to be able to crank out more and more Castlevania games than I'd ever done before.、Uh, and we got pretty good at it. And I remember thinking how fun it was trying to update some of the key systems, trying to fit it within this very limited timeline. Sometimes creators do the best when they feel a lot of pressure. Um, and have more limitations put on them than less.、Um, so, being able to develop new titles、uh, within this pattern for me was very interesting.、Um, 
I personally, as an aside, when I worked at Capcom, I think I was translating at one point Mega Man Battle Network 5. And they had literally put out one of those every year. Matter of fact, the production cycle was like eight months or nine months. It was ridiculously fast. And I remember at that time, like just being burnt out from how many Mega Man Battle Network games. I mean, I played the first three. I loved them. But it was just like, uh. and I went to the team and I said, don't you guys get tired of just the pure grind of getting a game out in eight months or nine months? And they said, no, we love Mega Man. And I was like, okay, I guess that separates the men from the boys when it comes to being a creator. <laughs> um, why? All right, so you, you got this charge from Konami to make a Castlevania game a year, every year, 14, 18 months, whatever, 16 months. Then it suddenly stopped. And a lot of us were curious about why that was because in the West anyway, in the United States with the gamers I knew, we loved these games and we assumed that because they were being released so often that they were selling great and they were profitable. And I remember being in, in, in college and like making beelines to the stores when, when, when those games would come out. Um, and even when I moved here to San Francisco, the, towards the tail end of it, what happened? Like why, why did it stop suddenly? のに急にもうそれで出なくなったと出なくなるんですかな。えっと、ここは難しい問題なんですけど、えっとですね。あの、2Dのキャッスルバニアシリーズは、あの、キャッスルバニアってその あの時にちょっとえっとまあ、あの、そこは推進する人は逆にいなくなるので、ま、そういうそのしがらみがなくなったというのもあって、それでパタッとなくなったっていうような意味じゃないかと思います。うん。あ、this uh, is a it's a tough conversation to have. Um but back in the day, those games released on DS and anything that was in a cart cartridge format. Um a lot of times its costs were fixed. Your base costs were fixed. Um, and none of those could come down based on where the price point was. However, the reality was 
the price point would always come down. You know, what started as $50, eventually became $40, eventually became $30. So your base development cost of making the game always stayed the same. We continue to try to lower it by reusing certain assets, etc. But that would only lower it 10, maybe 20%. Whereas a hit of $10 off the retail price lowers your profitability by 20%. So you're in a constant parallel race of trying to keep your profit margin uh, high enough to, to make it profitable as a title versus the constant consumer desire or the desire of Walmart to make that game cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and setting the price point. Um, and, you know, usually a certain fan base takes hold of a game, but it doesn't ever just double from one title to the next. Hopefully you see incremental increases if you're lucky, but it's never going to double. So when you're getting these hits to 20%, 30% lower, and your fan base isn't increasing, your user base isn't increasing by that amount, then you're stuck in a, a downward spiral. And eventually we got caught to that point. Uh, we're still making money, but again, compared to other titles, which is what people are, which is what the, the higher-ups would look at and then determine, hey, the staff shouldn't be working on this title, should be working on other titles, that came into play. And then at one point, um, I was trying to make one and it wasn't working out. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't going in the right direction. Uh, we ended up spending money and not, we were unable to achieve on what our goals were internally. Um, it happens. That's what game production is. But uh, I think that coupled with the uh, dwindling profit margins of that sort of title on in the DS market, um, uh, eventually uh, I was told you know that I need to step down as producer on the title uh, and ended up walking away. Um, I can add one thing to that, which is uh, in Japan it's not uncommon to be uh, someone who has created five hits in a row, six hits in a row, and have one failure or one game that doesn't do well, and that's it. Then you're done. Your opportunity is gone. Uh, I may be way off on this. I think I'm. I think this information is accurate, but I think the, the man that created the Game Boy also was the man that created the Virtual Boy. And if you think of what the Game Boy represents, a whole huge market sector for uh, Nintendo and how much money it ended up generating. I mean, if there would be no Game Boy Advance, there'd be no DS, 3DS without the Game Boy, the amount of money it generated compared to the amount of money the Virtual Boy lost, to me, st still sounds like we're really happy that we have the Game Boy. But I, I think I had heard that the after the Virtual Boy, uh, the man that created that was pretty much pushed aside and not given any more real opportunities. So... It, it's a it's a commonplace thing to happen in Japan, but it's still unfortunate because the results after that weren't any better. Yeah, I mean, I I I am curious. You know, you were at Konami for a while. I mean, we there was a joke. You know, or not, it's not really a consistent joke, but people would say on places like NeoGAF and stuff like they basically just put, you know, you know, Iga away. Like they just we have not he's there somewhere, but we don't know where you are, like what you're working on. How was it? to be a Konami but not be a part of the future of Castlevania at that time. Um, and how do you feel about where Castlevania is now? Because I think a lot of core fans, me included, um, were disappointed, to put it lightly, with Lords of Shadow 2 and with the 3DS iteration, which which I think was somewhat of a bastardization of the games you made. Um, 
So how did that how did that all the, that waning time at Konami go, and how was it to see you know a studio like Mercury Steam kind of take Castlevania, but not really understand the spirit of the game, um, especially with the sequel. まあその後ねあの伊賀様そのまああの認知度のあるプロデューサーですねなのにまあ消えてしまうような感じでしたねあのお役の場からっていう感じなんで伊賀様どこにあのその閉まられてるのかどこに隠されてるのかっていうジョークはいろんなウェブサイトの方で上がってきてるんですよ実はでまあその後要は自分が頑張っていろいろビッグにしたフランチャイズはえっとまあ、自分はノータッチ状況とかまた違うところを作ってもうまくいかない、えーまあ、マーケットスティームのバージョン見てあのそれを喜ぶファンがまあ少,な少なかったと思うんですけれどもそ客観的に見てどのような気持ちでしたか、えっと、まず隠れてはいなかったんですけど日本であの例えばスクリブルノーズのローカライズとかしてたりしたんですね。であれはすごい楽しかったです<笑>いうことをやってたのでただなんかなんだろうなその,その有名だとか名前が出てるとかっていうのってあんまり僕は気にしてないのであのそういう騒ぎになってたっていうのは確か記事でも確か見たかもしれないんですけどあんまりそこはあんまり気にしてなかったですただ,あのただその自分の作品があんまり出せなかったっていうのだけがちょっとあの嫌だったっていうことぐらいですかねででその後にマーキュリー・スティームがやったタイトルとかあったんですけど僕の考えとはその多分言う皆さんの考えとは多分ちょっと大きく違うと思うんですけれども例えばその僕らがあのシンフォニー・オブ・ザ・ナイトをやってそのキャッスルバニアシリーズが、まあ、ちょっと大きく変わったっていうかじ取りが変わったっていうのもあるわけなのであの新しい人たちが別なことをやるっていうのは僕は全然悪いことじゃないと思ってるしそういうのってなんか長いフランチャイズの中で考えればそういうことって必要なんじゃないかなと思っていてで実際にあのあの結果的にその,そのファンには受け入れられなかったのかもしれないんですけれどもまあ出来としてはやっぱり素晴らしかったと思いますしそういう意味ではそのあの何ですかねあの結局今ここからそのキャッスルバニアっていうのがその最新作が発表されてないはずなのでそういう部分でその途切れてしまったっていうのだけがものすごい心残りですけれどもただその新しい人が来て新しいシリーズ展開をするっていうのは僕は全然あの悪いことじゃないとは思ってました。Yeah, honestly, for me as a creator,、um, it was never really about you know, whether my name was getting out there or not. It wasn't really about the fame or the ego. Um, it was more about the ego. <sighs> Sorry, I had、That's、to say、perfect. it. I had to say <laughs> it. Now,、um, the thing is, you know, he did do the localization version of Scribble Knots, released,、um, released in Japan. So he was still producing things, just not the big titles and not the title, obviously, he was known for.、Uh, but again, there was a period where after that he was unable to. Put new games out, and he's like, As a creator, you need to create and be given those chances to create. And I wasn't, so that was the the hardest thing to take. I didn't care about not getting my name out there, or whatever, but not being able to make things that that bothered me. And he's like, and I'll be honest, you know, I, ca I can't throw stones at another team trying to take a franchise and reinvigorate it because that's what I did. 
I took the old classic style Castlevania games and turned it on its ear and created a new style of Castlevania. And that's what I think Mercury Steam was trying to do. They were trying to take it in their own sort of different direction. And the first uh, Lords of Shadow was, was good. Uh, I was impressed, honestly, with what I saw. So uh, I don't think, uh, or I, I have no ill will, and I, can't, and I would not say anything bad about that team because what they were trying to do was what we did. Um, and if you've got a franchise that's been around for 15, 20, 30 years, you need to, from time to time, try to take it in a different direction. So as far as what that thought process was behind it about taking it in a new direction, again, I don't think that's a problem either. Um, obviously, if you look at the end result, a lot of the fans weren't super happy with where it ultimately ended up towards the end, certainly on the um, it 3DS, mm. the most recent version. Didn't like it so much. Um, but again, a lot of times you just don't know whether you're going to find the magic there or not when you do when you make a game. I have obviously found the magic a lot of times, but I've also lost it. So that's just being a human. That's just being. That's the job of being a creator. Sometimes you find it. Sometimes you don't. Um, the final question I'll ask because I hear some rumbling stomachs. We gotta get you guys some food. You guys, been, <laughs> you guys been traveling quite a bit. <laughs> we'll get you food asap. <laughs> Uh, the one last question I want to ask before I let you guys go because I know you're very busy a lot of things to do it doesn't seem like things ended well with you and Konami um, and I'm curious you know in this kind of post-Konami life what it's been like to watch the company from the outside um, for people that have never been to Japan and I know a lot of our, our, list, our viewers have never been there Konami is as you know intimately is, is way more than just a video game publisher um and developer whatever you know they own fitness clubs and all these kinds of things but to the in the west here as i'm sure you know we look at them as the publisher of video games and ga they've always been there and it seems like the feeling right now is that they are not going to be there for much longer in this space um that metal gear solid 5 might be it um and with the, the way things are going down with kojima how does it feel watching this company kind of unravel um at least from the point of view of the game to publisher that we know them as certainly they're healthy in other ways i don't want to indicate that they're not but how does that how does that feel from the outside とりあえず辞めて今独立してあの、ま、特にないですよ。それがゲームパブリッシャーっていうのがしかないのに、まあもうそろそろもうゲーム出さなくなるんじゃないかと、メトリクソルド 5が えっと、
2つの側面って言ったのはその1つはその企業として考えた時にやっぱりそのいろんな事業をやっている会社なので例えばその,その中でそのやっぱりその企業なんで営利目的でやってるわけですからやっぱりその収益がたくさん上がるっていうところにその企業としてのメインの舵切りをしていくっていうのはまあ企業として正しい姿なんだろうなというふうに思います。でそれが一つの,その企業としての側面なんですけれどももう一つそのゲームパブリッシャーとしての側面で考えると僕ももともとそのやっぱりそのコナミのゲームが好きなのでコナミに入ってでコナミでずっとゲームを作ってきてで今の、あのー、こ,こ,ここでこう喋ってるっていう自分がいるのもコナミに育てられたっていう部分がまあコナミの正確に言うとゲームに育てられたっていうところがあるのでそういう意味で考えるとそのゲーム事業からどんどんゲーム事業がどんどんちっちゃくなっていくっていう部分はすごく寂しいですしあの何ですかねそのやっぱりその,その IP 自体がどんどんその出てこなくなるっていうのもものすごく残念で仕方がないっていうところがもう一つの側面であります。You can look at Where Konami is at right now,、uh, from two different, vastly different、uh, viewpoints. And one is look at it from a, a very、um, objective point of view to the fact that they're a business. You know, what you said is right. In America or in the West, Konami is, for all intents and purposes, a game publisher. But when you look at it from the Japanese angle, they are a game publisher, they are. IP rights holder, they do sports clubs, they do casinos, they do Japanese gambling machines. There's a wide variety of different businesses that their hands are in. And a lot of the time, the different businesses that they're doing right now are exponentially more profitable than what their game publishing business is. So for them as a business to gravitate towards, say, only mobile, because the risks are a lot lower and the payouts are a lot higher.、Um, It's really hard to argue that point. I mean, it, it makes sense from a business perspective for them to do that. If their margins are so low on console games and so much higher in the other spaces,、um, the business naturally is going to gravitate towards that way. The other way to look at it, however, <laughs> is for me as a personal,、uh, uh, as an individual,、uh, is for me as somebody who, who his whole life was built kind of by that company. I, I, Join Konami because I love their games.、Uh, being able to work on a lot of their really awesome IP shaped me into the creator that I am today, helped me、uh, garner a wide variety of fans, knowledge, and teach me a lot of things. So, for me to have that sort of background, to be built kind of by that company,、uh, and then to see that you know, a lot of their really awesome IP. Is disappearing from perhaps the console landscape.、Uh, it just it, it kind of makes me sad. It, it feels like the end of an era. And maybe that's a natural evolution that has to happen in some companies.、Um, but the one thing that can be said is I still think that there is a, a group of fans, a fan base, that still want that sort of game, that still like that IP.、Um, and if the option of The company that makes it is not going to make it anymore. And that's exactly why you need to be able to have Kickstarter to get that opportunity 
for that fan base to be able to play those experiences that they like. So that's why we're here. Fair enough. Well, um, you know, we wish you the very best and we appreciate your guys' time. We know you're very busy, um, but we're wishing you the very best. I mean, to, you know, um, Iga, you are a hero to a lot of people out there um, watching this video um, and a hero to me. You're one of my absolute favorite game developers, and it's really surreal that you're even in my house right now. Um, but I wish you the very best. We're pulling for you guys. Um, and I agree. Inafune saw that Capcom was going to make a Mega Man anymore, and so he's just going to make his own Mega Man. Um, and you are going to make your own version of Castlevania. We are hoping for the very best. So thank you so much for your time. あの、自分の家でお喋りできるのは本当に夢みたいに思わなかったし、あの、まあ、前はイネフネさんはカプコンがどうせ6万作ってくれないんやったら俺は作るぜ、自分のっていうのは、まあ、それと同じように、あの、